from the Let's Roll podcast, powered by CarshowNationals.com, which I never said that before. I'm with uh, Jeff Thistead. Hey, guys. Hot Rod Power Tour, Good Guys, Motor Trend, the list goes on and on, History I Channel. the Summit Racing Autocross Week. It's very yes. special. Yep, Summit, Summit Racing, yes. And then we are with Heather Storm, who is a TV personality, and we were talking, she has a lot of followers on all of her social media. And, uh, she's a car to chick, it. too. Yeah, and she loves cars like we do. Is that offensive for me to call you a chick, or is that okay? I don't mean that with any... No, no. I'm not easily offended, or I couldn't okay, be in this no. business. <laughs> right, good, good, good. That's funny. Tell the viewers so, at home who don't know about your little hot rod. Yeah. I have a 1965 Ford Mustang Coupe. Um, it's something that I use to travel around the country and it is my only car currently. Um, so yes, when people ask that, like, oh, do you just get in that for fun? Yes, for fun and all other occasions. <laughs> that's my vehicle and I love it. It's got a pony, uh, pony interior for those who don't know. That's the white and blue interior. It's a silver blue color, numbers matching. So that's the original color, uh, their transmission engine, rear end, that's all matching. That's original. And my goal with that vehicle is to keep it looking stock but running like a dream nice. you got the fitech fuel injection i know that i do i do and tell us about i thought i didn't think it was an original transmission anymore has it been rebuilt because i thought it got... it's been rebuilt but it's still the okay. original transmission i didn't okay, swap good. it out so that was part of the the uh question when the transmission kind of went kaput because Maybe I drove it a little too hard through the desert of Arizona and Texas in the midsummer. You know, I learned my lesson there. <laughs> so, but no, I, that was the big thing about it is I didn't want to just swap it out because I had all the numbers matching. And so I found someone to actually rebuild the transmission rather than, than get rid of it and just change it out altogether. Yeah. All right. So what, what you said there is kind of near and dear to me because I got my old Chevy and I drive, I drive it everywhere. Right. So you were driving from L.A out to Texas with a friend of yours, and and what happened? Well, started out great. Started out fantastic. It was the middle of the pandemic. No one was on the road. I mean, I was like, this is fantastic. I wish no one was on the road ever. And um, so we drove all the way from Venice, like as close to the beach on the Pacific coast that you can get. And we drove to Port Aransas, Texas. For those who don't know Port Aransas, it's down in the Gulf of Mexico. So it, it's like the, where everybody in Texas goes to go to the beach. And it's it's a whole scene in and of itself if you've never been there. Um, but, you know, we I, I was smelling some issues, um, just some extra gas um, in general. And that had nothing to do with transmission. That's just because it was so hot. I think that when you have the Fitech and on a Mustang, your your gas tank is in your trunk, right? And so those those um, fortunately, you know, a lot of the the um, wires and the tubes coming from the, the fuel injection are going into my trunk, right? And plus, I have a bunch of stuff in the trunk, so I tried to kind of pad it around. But I I opened the trunk just at a random exit off the freeway, and I heard this like hissing sound. I was like, uh -oh. yeah, I feel like things have kind of loosened up. The heat has kind of adjusted things on its own and not the right direction. Um, so I got my tools out, and it's just my friend and I. And I'm like, she's like, are, are we okay? I'm like, I got this. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I just got to tighten this up for a second. So at that point, we were fine. And, you know, here's the thing I learned. My friend Lucy, great friend of mine, love her dearly. She's from the Czech Republic. So she had never done, like, an American road trip. You know, that just wasn't part of her childhood. So I was like, we got to do this, you know? And at first she's like, okay, you know what? We got two days to get there. We're going to do this. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 not two days to get there. Go on, 
1,600 miles. We're going to take our time. We're in an old yeah, not classic from car. Venice to Texas in two days, man. That's, that's bombing. <laughs> she was thinking, like, you know, when you get a brand new car and you're just, like, trying to get there, you're not stopping along the way. Exactly. And she had never... She had never just cruised. She had never just enjoyed the journey. And it took her a minute. She's like, oh, well, how far can we get today? I'm like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> so eventually she kind of let go of that and we kind of saw what happened. But she was really hell-bent. I'm not just blaming her, but I am a little blaming her. Uh, hell-bent on just feeding that pedal to the metal. She's like, no, it can go 80 fine. I'm like, keep it under 65. She's like, it, it goes fine at 80. It's perfect. I'm like, I know it seems like it can, but it's not good for it. <laughs> so in the middle of the of the Arizona desert, you know, she, I look over and I'd be like, eh, 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 take it down, take oh it down. And I, and I have a lead foot, so I understand that, you know, but still, I also, when it's your car, it's your baby, you're extra protective of that. And, and I was extra protective. And then, you know, I was like, okay, it is doing fine. Nothing's happened. And then right in Corpus Christi, for those who don't know where that is, it's, it's about an hour outside of Port Aransas. We made it down there. I drove back to Corpus Christi because that's where you can like do shopping and get things because Port Aransas is very small. Um, and then it broke down on me. And I was, I, I, I heard, I heard some noises. I'm like, uh oh, this isn't good. I pulled off the freeway and it was about 11 o'clock at night and I was stuck there for a couple hours. Um, so oh. yeah, that's, and so then I towed it to the nearest shop, ended up um, Apollo Automotive. I got to give them a shout out during the story because Leo, the owner there, he is a Mustang guy and he completely just took care of me. I mean, he really did. So I, I you know, one of the beautiful things about breaking down and needing help is that you meet the best people that way. You know, you really do. Right. You really do. And it restores your faith in humanity because so many people in general are, can be jerks. We were talking about that yesterday, how, how people can just be mean, but a breakdown, same thing happened to me in Texas. And, and how about your car looking out for you? Because you could have broke down in the middle of nowhere in Texas. It's so with true. With no cell phone reception, with no nothing. At least you're kind of in civilization. So it's a, I love that the car's looking out for you. I always agree with that too. I mean, there are so many times when I have had problems and I'm like, God, if this happened anywhere else, this would be a, a real issue. This would be, a, a, the issue would be compounded, right? It's just, it's a smaller issue because of where I broke down. But, you know, once, once you break down in the middle of nowhere in the hot, I mean, we could have broke down in the middle of Arizona, 1 p.m. at 120 degrees, you know, luckily that yeah. didn't happen. And so you're right. I feel like the car is looking out for you and it's just, it's just like, you know, the people that come around and are gravitated towards classic cars in general, Jeff, as you know, driving your 55 around the country, it's like it, it draws in the right kind of people and the right kind of people who, who get it because they have an old car and they're like, well, if that was me, I'd want help too. So here you go. <laughs> Willing to go out of their way to help. And it does restore my faith in humanity. Absolutely. And, and I like that. I need that. <laughs> right. Because I, right. I, in Wichita Falls, Texas. Uh, it was last year going down to the C10 Nationals. I went to have uh, have dinner with with a friend of mine from Power Auto Media. I get back in the car. It won't shift out of first gear. Oh, no. What the heck? Oh. Won't shift out of first gear. Turn it off, turn it on, do everything I can. Won't shift out of first gear. And I had just met somebody who called up. It, you gave a shout out. Sanders Auto Body in Wichita. It's They took care of me, loved the car. The owner's dad comes in. They let me stay in the car in the shop overnight. 
which which was great <laughs> in and of itself. But because you have a big that. vehicle, you can sleep in the back of for people that don't exactly. know your vehicle. I got junk yeah, in yeah. my trunk. You know that. <laughs> I can sleep in it. But, uh, so then the next day, we can't let you sleep in there. You're going to stay in the guest room. Get out of oh. here. So let, I mean, they re, restore my faith in humanity. And whenever I'm through Wichita Falls, I, I always stop in. Always either to spend the night or just to say hi, buy him a drink. It's like I've got new friends. And they, they stopped by and said hi at SEMA. Um, so it was, oh, speaking of SEMA, when you, you, you're the one who got me? video of me or not me of my, my car was smoking. And oh, yes, stopped, yes. Yes. Like, oh, I got all this. And he's like, no, what are you doing? It's like, well, people love that, Jeff. Everything does not. It doesn't yeah. You were freaking out. Cause I got it. So, oh so backstory to that, Jeff, just for people who don't know, because they weren't there with us is Jeff and I were both having old cars has a 55 minus 65. We said, we're going to drive from LA to Vegas. Yeah. It's only, a, you know, what, 300 miles. It's only, it's only a four hour drive. However, when you have an old car, you're driving through the desert, as we know, things can go wrong. So it's good to have a buddy system in place, you know? So we said, okay, we're going to drive together. We're going to leave together. And then, you know, halfway through, I don't even remember exactly where we are, but halfway through the ride, I see Jeff's car and just smoke is pouring out under the, under the hood. And I'm like, Oh, looks like he's having a problem. What do I do as a good friend? I get my camera out and I start filming it. <laughs> looks like Jeff's having some problems over there. And he's like, I can't believe you posted that. I'm like, that's real. People want authentic. If you never had a problem in your vehicle, people think you're full of crap and you would be because that's not realistic, you know? What's realistic right. is that things happen and you need help from people. And and then and then you meet people and you meet great people in the car community. I am so grateful for all of the people that I've met in the car community. Helps me or not helps me. I'm willing to help anybody out because I know it's a give and take and that's where you get that good karma from, you know? Yeah. Exactly. So true. I was coming up uh, last year up Pacific Coast Highway in the rain. There were rocks and all sorts of things. And you, you know PCH. This is uh, oh, yeah. north of Santa Barbara. So there's a cliff yeah. on one side. I get up to San Francisco, and I forget when or what, but I'm leaving a Walgreens in San Francisco, and my steering wheel goes like this. I broke the Oh, uh, the, my uh, God. The rag <laughs> That's joint. That's terrifying. That's I, terrifying. I snap the rag joint, and, and immediately I go to what if that had happened on PCH? Who, I mean, who knows? So it's like the, you, you got to live when the cars look those, out for you. They take ooh. care of you. Those cliffs are intense. I did a road trip on the PCH with Erica two years ago, a friend of mine, and we just we drove my Mustang. And again, I, I love having people in my in my passenger seat, and sometimes I let them drive. I don't know how much I'm going to let them drive in the future. We'll see. But no, Erica did great. Um, but she had never driven a classic car or, or done a road trip in one either. So it's really fun to get their perspective on that. But I mean, you know, I was thinking that one time we – part of the drive, we were driving through fog so thick, I couldn't see the car in front of me. Right. And we're on those cliffs. And I'm like, I, I don't know where the road uh. stops or where the turns are. And so you're going, we were going like 25 miles an hour because we literally couldn't see anything. It was kind of spooky and scary and awesome all at the same time. You know, that's the adventure I'm looking for. <laughs> exactly. So you drive a, are you a, a specific Ford girl or are you agnostic? Do you have a, a choice? Yeah. I like I like I'm how you use agnostic in the in the car terms. Yes, I would say I have to because you know, I know you're doing stuff with the the uh, you've got a new a new series with the Ford Bronco that you've been beating on true. and doing some off road fu some stuff. It's true. 
Thanks, Jeff. I, I, I would say it's not on purpose that I found okay. Ford. I would say I liked always have liked the Ford Mustang, in particular the 60s Ford Mustang. I just think they're just Americana iconic cool. You know what I mean? It just it just it feels so good. I, I can't even describe the feeling, but I'm sure you understand it. When you're just driving through America in your classic car, you play some some 60s, 70s tunes, and you're just by yourself, and it just feels like, wow, this is how it's supposed to be. Like it feels <laughs> so amazing. I just feel right at home. And I guess I kind of knew that it would feel that way without ever having that feeling prior. And um, so that car just when I saw I didn't know exactly what car I was looking for when I went to buy a classic car, but a friend of mine, Ronnie, on the show on Garage Squad, he said, I have the perfect car for you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. Everyone says, yeah, I, I know you. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna find the perfect thing for you. And I said, show me a picture. Show me a picture. And he showed it to me. I was like, ooh, that is the perfect car for me. Like, I saw it. I saw the pump. color. Yeah, it just was perfect, and the size is right, and just also, you know, I I, I gotta say, I, I got a lot of crap from fans and stuff, because they're like, oh, you should get a, a more unique car than that. Well, for me, as my first classic car, I have to say, I wanted something that I'd be able to work on that wasn't going to cost me a fortune in parts, you know, that was easily accessible to get parts should it break down in the middle of nowhere. Um, So I had goals for it, and I and I knew the level that I was at. And, you know, by myself, what I could do. So I said, you know, I don't want it. There it is. There she is. That's in Santa Fe, uh, not in Santa Fe, but it's in New Mexico. Um, yeah. So for me, that's why I ended up choosing that car. I wanted something that was going to be easy to deal with, easy to get parts for, not going to, you know, break the bank when I need to fix it. Because anyone with a classic car knows you always have to fix it. <laughs> it's a never ending process. Right, Jeff? <laughs> Someone asked yeah. me after I put this fuel injection, the last fuel injection system on the small block. So are you, are you done upgrading now? I'm like, dude, it's a hot rod. You're never done. There's always something to do. You're never, right. never done. Mike, do you have a classic car? You, you, you're sitting over there nodding, but, you know, we want to include you in I, this conversation. You know, <laughs> I have in the past. I had a 67 Chevelle, and uh, I have stories, too. You know, I, I was driving to work in that, and my brake line burst in rush hour traffic. And uh, oh, no. I just happened to hit. I, I ended up going in oncoming traffic and then hitting the center medium curb just perfectly with my tires and stopped the car. Wow. And my e-brake, my wow. e-brake didn't work either. On top of that, so it was just like a, it was almost more lucky than I was about to say. Then, you got lucky on that because I always think if if yeah. things go wrong, depending if there's on a cliff on the right, I don't want to go right, but oncoming traffic seems yeah. like the wrong way to turn your car into normally as an instinct. But in your situation, it worked out for you. Yeah, so, you know, you I got real lucky. The thing I. The thing is, I was coming up to a light that was red, full of cars, and I took the left turn lane because no one was in it, and then ended up on the other side of the road. And uh, wow. my car comes to a bouncing stop, and my window's open. I turn, look, and there's a truck driver looking at me. I go, yeah, my brakes just went out. <laughs> Nonchalantly, of course. And he yeah, just kind of looked at now. me like, oh. <laughs> Good thing I didn't just but, smash your car is what he's thinking. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're probably I wondering, why is he driving on the wrong side of the road? <laughs> it's like planes, trains, and automobiles, right? <laughs> there, right. That's a, that's a picture right there that Jeff's showing that he actually took of me right before our Vegas excursion. There you go, yeah. Fuel and up. No, no, no issues there before his car started smoking. 
And, uh, you know, for me, I, I was just happy my car wasn't smoking at that point. <laughs> What's funny, you know, like you my... said earlier, you drive the speed limit. And you, like 60, you do. You're very, you're a very safe driver. I appreciate you using turn signals. I always do. I, I love that they work on my car, but yeah. I don't necessarily drive the speed limit. I, I drive fast. Uh, or faster see, than the speed limit. Your classic didn't <laughs> fix you with that. See, so I used to drive super fast when I had my BMW 4 Series. I, I was that asshole BMW driver. Like I, I was like, you know what? Get out of my way. My car goes faster. You're in my way. And in Los Angeles, this Jeff living in Los Angeles, if you don't go, you're screwed. Like if the light goes and people yeah. hesitate and you don't get to go, you're like, oh my god, it's 20 more minutes of this light. I can't do this. I'm going to be late. So you got to just go. And you got to not wait for other people. It teaches you to be, I like to say, assertive, not aggressive, <laughs> assertive. But I was a very assertive, assertive driver. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to use that. Assertive. Um, <laughs> but, you know, in that in that car, I was zipping and, and all over the place. I was coming out of lights super fast. And then I realized uh, that's, that's really not going to fly on my Mustang because I, I don't have the same capabilities in this car to maybe stop on the dime like I would like to if the brakes go out. Just more things can go wrong. And when I'm driving that assertively, I'm setting myself up for more disasters. So I kind of pulled it back. And you know what? I enjoy it. Now, now I'm just cruising. I'm not aggressive. I'm not assertive. I'm just like, all right, go ahead. Yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> I so wave the at people. You I let them go. It actually slowed me down a little bit. Yeah, it's funny. Maybe huh. taking the moments as I go. Yeah, I, I, I feel like that's kind of how it was, you know, in the 60s when people were driving. They were just kind of cruising. And just enjoying the moment. There wasn't a, It wasn't as fast-paced society then. Everyone wasn't trying to get somewhere and move as fast. It's just like, hey, we're just out for the ride. Let's enjoy it. That's because so they I didn't have LS engines and Coyote engines back then. Yeah, exactly. They, they had to drive <laughs> slow. So tell us about, you got the Mustang, but now you're doing this off-road. You're uh, very uh, uh, confident on the asphalt, but now you've been getting into some off-road shenanigans. That's right. So I've been living in Colorado. I, you're from Colorado, Jeff, so you understand what it's like out there. It's a beautiful huge, amazingly beautiful state. Well, but in, most of I'm the stuff you get to see. Denver and Evergreen, you are out, you're out there, out there, outside of fair play. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's out there, man. Yeah, one of us is about two and a half hours from Denver. Um, but like, you know, you can get to Denver, it's kind of all flat with mountains around. Once you get into Buena Vista, it's just mountains are all around you. All those 14,000 foot mountains that you that you hear about, people hiking stuff, they're right there. It is beautiful. It's beautiful. Now, I, I grew up partially in the city in Philadelphia and then partially in Montana. Um, so I'm very familiar with small town living. And I lived in a small town there with lots of mountains around me. So it kind of reminds me of this. But now we have um, now we have more resources to get things. <laughs> so so it's not as, as isolated in that way. What's the elevation so of Buena Vista? Because I know Buena I think it's Vista about 8,900. Uh, people can look it up. It might be wrong, but something around uh, maybe 8,900. Because you're about an hour from so, Leadville, and Leadville's the highest incorporated city in the and United States. And that's about 10,000, I believe, right? Yeah. 10,000 yeah. feet. Yeah, so it's a little yeah. bit lower than that. Um, Leadville's a lot colder because of that. Um, oh, but also, yeah, yeah, a lot, and very windy. Um, but we have the Arkansas River running right through, uh, right, right on the side of town. It's beautiful there. And I realized as I was, you know, so basically 8,000 feet elevation, 8,000 feet. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I realized that when I was there, I was like, this is all pretty and all, but I'm not really seeing it all. I'm not really seeing it all with my Mustang on the highway, you know, because most of the roads, if you're exploring Colorado at all, 
those are, you know, those are dirt roads. Those are four by four roads. Those are, if you really want to get out and see these beautiful mountains and get out, I'm, I'm a kind of person that I don't want to just go to where everybody's going, go to the tourist trap places and stuff. Yeah, I'll check it out. But then I want to go see well, what are the locals doing? What's, what's the thing that not everyone's going to? Let's get off the beaten path. So I realized in order to get off the beaten path, you need to get a four by four vehicle. So I ordered a brand new Bronco. I do not have it yet because we know that with all of the pandemic issues supply and technology chain. issues, supply Sup chain issues, supply chain issues, whatever's happening out there in the world, um, I don't have it. So that's okay. I've just been kind of, now I'm, I want it back more than ever. You know, it's that supply and demand thing. You're like, oh, I can't have it. Well, now I really want it. I'm really excited about this thing. But um, so I decided to just get out and explore it out. There's the Bronco Super Celebration West. I don't know if you've ever been to that, Jeff, um, being in Colorado, but it's a huge Bronco event in the West. I think this is the third or year that they did it was the year that I went. And everybody comes in the West with all their Broncos, old Broncos, new Broncos, everything Bronco. And it's this whole community. And I thought, that's great. I want to get out there and start to meet these people and see where they're going and what they're doing. Um, and just just like the, the classic car community, the Bronco community is such a great group of people. It was so fun to meet everybody. And just, you know, you have your really extreme enthusiasts, adrenaline junkie people. And then you have your cool, just classic Bronco enthusiasts. It's just it was really fun to kind of learn all about that. And so I've been starting to um, learn how to go off road and learn how to drive off road. And that's been, that's been really exciting. It's just, I always want to keep learning. I always want to keep challenging myself and learning new things or I don't know, life kind of gets stagnant. So to kind of take it to the next level and get out there and start to see the beautiful country with beautiful uh, dirt roads. And, and it's really been exciting. Oh, and there's so much to see in color. My brother's in Keystone. And they've got this nasty little Rubicon. And I helped him out when, when he bought it. It's like, you want this and this and this. And he's got the winch on it when he bought it. All the stuff. And we go up behind Keystone. One of the coolest things I've ever seen. We get up to the top. We're way above Timberline. And over there in the distance is this little red dot. It comes bebopping down after a few minutes. And it's a 19, I think it's a 41 Willys Jeep. Flat fendered, four oh, flat heads. They drove it up from Denver on the wow. highway and then took it off road up to this. I, I don't even remember the name of the, the road we were on, but it was my brother's birthday. Right. We got stuck in the snow, um, dug ourselves out, but it was, I mean, amazing the stuff that you see up there. Mountain goats, it's. Yeah, so we, let, I know, let me know when you get your aren't the mountain goats so cute and the baby mountain goats? Oh, my God, they're I, yeah, adorable. I'm close to, yeah, I'm close to Mount Evans, and the last time I took the 55 up Mount Evans, on the way down, I got video and a picture of a mountain goat almost looking into my window with the kid right there. It's like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he's like, right what there. are you doing? You're like, nothing. I'm just being a mountain goat right now, too, just like on the side of the hillside. Well, I know this is at 14,000 feet, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful <laughs> up there. So it's really exciting. I, I did release the first episode. So I have a six episode series coming out about me discovering this four by four because, because the reality is I hadn't done it before. Um, even though I lived in Montana, um, I have never gone four by four. There it is right there. Jeff's, so Jeff's cool. always prepared. Um, Check it out. Ready. So, uh, it's uh, Heather S. Heather S. on YouTube. It's Heather Storm TV. Yeah. I don't know. It's good. Oh, showing, it just says Heather S. here. Heather well, if you TV, go to okay. my, yeah, Heather Storm TV on YouTube, that's where it's airing now. Um, it's also on offroadsource.com as well. And there okay, I nice. am. And, 
And so the first one was just me discovering the community. And then I rode in the new Bronco for the first time in the first episode. But um, we already have filmed the, the second and third episode um, where I actually, second episode coming out in February, um, I actually get in the Bronco and go to an off-road park and actually have my first experience off-roading. So for people, you know, the goal is to help, you know, discover off-roading through my eyes, which I'm a newbie to it. So, you know, I don't claim to be an expert in any way. I'm learning. And if anyone else out there is excited about it, wants to learn, it seems intimidating. I get it. It seems a little intimidating, but you know what? It's a lot of fun. And so this off-road park episode, I just had so much fun doing donuts, feeling dirt everywhere, going through mud. And I, it was just Baja racing. It was so fun. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. And I, I, I hope that people really enjoy seeing that. Where's this outdoor or this off-road park? It was outside of Detroit, Hollyoaks Off-Road okay. Park. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So I went to Detroit in the second episode. Kind of got a little history of Ford in general, because like you said, hey, you got the Ford Mustang, you're ordered a Ford Bronco. It's like, let me find out more about, you know, Ford. What built this, you know, Motor City? And so I went to Detroit, and then I went and did the um, Off-Road Park, and it's just, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. You just gave yeah. me goosebumps, the Motor City. Really? Did you, did you, did you drive down <laughs> Woodward? Did I drive down Woodward? It's like I, I drove I drove the 55 out for the Hot Rod Power Tour last year, and the weekend before the Power Tour was the Woodward Dream Cruise, and Woodward oh, is the yeah. first paved mile on the planet. The first paved, yeah. I mean, it's... Did it's, I drive it's, down it's, Woodward? I don't know if have. I did now. I might have missed it. Oh, my goodness. I'll have to go back if I did. Who cares? Because I've got to go back. Yeah, there's the, the Ford Museum where they've got Thomas Edison's plant. Um, Went there, yeah. You did! Okay, I've been the there Ford yet. Pickett Museum is his very yeah. first museum. Is the museum where he started? I believe I forget. It's like fifteen line. employees or something. Yeah, where everything was manufactured started yep. with like fifteen employees. Ended up with like sixteen hundred or nineteen hundred. Um, and and just it just the the grit, the work ethic that built the city. You know, it's it's pretty incredible, honestly. And I think that people will appreciate that. I mean, you it, it takes a lot of hard work to make things happen. But Detroit was kind of a city that helped people realize the American dream. If you work hard, you can buy a house, you can raise your family, you can have a good living. And people came from all over to be involved in the in the automotive industry there. And it's still thriving. I mean, even though it went through some rough times, the people there, they have grit, they have work ethic, and that's what it takes to keep surviving. And it, it's pretty interesting to learn all about it. Well, I, I used to think Colorado was cold. And, you know, <laughs> I, used to, I would skateboard at the Venice Beach Skate Park in the morning. Walking from uh, uh, the GM Wren Center to Cobo Hall during the Detroit Motor Show, my hair would freeze solid every morning. And my buddies in Venice, well, how does that happen? Because Canada's right there and there's a river <laughs> with ice and it's, I mean, it's freezing. So it's, yeah. they, are, they have grit. They have, they, it's, yeah, it's unbelievably cold. It's very, so very cold. Yes, I wouldn't want to live there in the winter. The Bronco, is this, is the Bronco completely stocked? Did you order any upgrades? I don't know, are there lockers available? Um, I or? did, yeah, I, I got it so that I, it's been so long <laughs> since I ordered this. <laughs> I mean, I mean a year. Wow. Um, I did, I did order um, upgraded versions of it, um, you know, and I, I have to be honest, it's cold in Colorado. I got heated seats. I want heated seats. Right. Did you get the heated steering <laughs> nice. wheel? Yeah. No, because that was another another level. Another upgrade. trim level. It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was like another trim level. And I was like, okay, well, how fancy do I really need to go? Right now I have a Mustang. 
with like, I either switch between heat or no heat, heat or AC on the Mustang, not, I have to actually get out and like do that under the hood. So we've got a whole major upgrade. I feel like <laughs> just the fact that I can turn on the, the seat and the heated seats is really exciting. No, but I got it with lockers. I did get the upgraded package. So yeah, I wanted to have it be ready for me to off-road, you know, and, and there's going to be things I'm going to do. I'm working with, with Best Stop. They're an accessory line for Broncos. They, they work with Jeeps as well, but for, for, for Broncos as well. And they've been doing it since the seventies with Bronco accessories. So they, they have a lot of different accessories. So as I get my Bronco, I'm going to be putting on some different accessories and be able to have the soft top and have open air. I'll have some cool lights that I'm putting on. I, I've seen some of the products out there and I'm like, Ooh, I can't wait to get my Bronco. And like, really, cause I want to camp with it for me, you know, camping in the Mustang, that's not really going to you know, I know you. I know you camp in your car, Jeff. <laughs> but, oh, bum. but what can I, I say? I'd be I'd be curled up in the back seat of my Mustang. You know, um, but I I want to I want to use my Bronco to really find some off the beaten places in Colorado and the surrounding area to be able to camp on it. I saw this really cool thing that you can get for the tailgate where you can put like a table. So once you swing it out, you just drop that table down. So instead of like you know using the back of your car or pickup. You can actually have a little table there that's already set up. So if you don't, if you're not on stable ground where you can put a little camping table, you already have one. You don't need it. So it's all about really making it work and um, making it easy to be anywhere, I think, with the Bronco. Because if it can so go you, anywhere, you need to be able to go anywhere. Are you getting the two-door or four-door? I think it's a crazy I'm question. I'm getting the four-door. Because, that would have been my guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, because I have a two-door with the Mustang. And so right. I actually prefer, the. I really like the look of the two-door because it's more stylistically reminiscent of the 70s Bronco that I really love. Right. But practicality-wise and for using it for going camping, and I'm going to be filming that stuff, um, I needed I needed to have the four-door so I can store some camera equipment in there, get all my camping gear in there, bring somebody as well. You know, I mean, it's, it's a little more cramped in the two-door for sure. Yeah. Well, two doors, like I, the two-door wagons are worth so much more money, but four doors are so much more practical. I know. I <laughs> Once <agree>. you, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. When you constantly have to open the thing, push the seat forward, try to get things. I mean, it, and if you're somebody who's in and out, in and out, boy, does that get exhausting. I mean, it's really nice to just have the practicality of just opening a back door. And then you can have, and you can, and you can have friends. Friends can join you. I mean, that's a fun thing. <laughs> do, you, do you remember when the Ford commercial came out? I'm like, the Bronco commercial came out, and I saw the yellow two-door one, and I was like instantly like, oh, I need to get that. And the thing was yeah. just, that's the first time I saw the commercial. I'm like, I, didn't, I want one just like that. And uh, I looked at it. And what like, happened? Yeah, I can't really afford I don't. I don't have the money. I just don't yeah. have the money to buy one. I had, you know. I, I saw it. I'm like forty grand. I think that's what I was starting out at. But that's not bad, honestly. Like yeah. as, as like a new vehicle that can that can do all the capabilities yeah. that the Bronco can do. I feel like the starting price is very reasonable, um, especially yeah. for something that's four by four. You know, that's that's. I, yeah. Of course, you can go up from there. Whatever you want to do with it. Not saying you should have gotten it, but just general sense i was i was pretty happy with that because some of the vehicles came out like that's really cool oh 100 grand yeah i don't think i'll take that one <laughs> right 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 i mean it is so, reasonable but i'm like oh, i don't really need a new car yet you know so do you need it yeah you're practical <laughs> yeah. you're practical mike that's a good that's a good right. quality to have guys i'm in right. costa rica right now i just want to show you a fun thing here so this is a pipa and it, it's a coconut oh. but you know it it doesn't look like it because 
here they shred them already to make them easy because otherwise you see the people with the machetes like hacking the coconut um, open. Yeah. They've already shredded it for you in the store when you get it. But what happens is I have a reusable straw right here. And then on the top of this thing, there's like three little places that you can stick it. And one of them, there's like, is a little softer than the rest to get the hole through. So you kind of just try to see where it is. And I think it's right there. I haven't actually tried this one because otherwise it would be in there. Oh, ah. and then the straw goes in. Ah. There you go. And you can drink it right out of the coconut. So good. So if you've wow. had a little dirty too many dishwater. drinks. Dirty, dirty dishwater. Dish it tastes mm. like dirty dish with coconut water. Are you kidding? You have not had real <laughs> coconut from the coconut. Coconut yeah, water we were in just, the coconut. We were just in Belize last year, climbed up the tree. I got the machete from the bar. You can't do that. It's like, <laughs> got it down for my nieces. And it's like, eh, I'll have another beer. Dos cervezas, por favor. Well, here's, here's, here's the thing. They taste different depending on how mature or not mature they are, right? So the oh. more, um, the more, just like anything, the more mature it is, the sweeter it's going to get, the more sugary it's uh. going to get. And if it's super, super young, it's going to be less sugary. Um, so when you get them from the store, they're all a tiny little bit different. Um, but there are guys on the beach, and last year some, some kids were climbing the coconut tree and, yeah. and the coconut palm, and they cut some down, came over, gave me one. They hacked it open for me, and I was just drinking it right out. It's a lot messier that way. This is a little neater if you don't want to get it ever, because otherwise you're just like, ah, and it's dripping all down. It, it's kind of nice. You just get in the ocean and rinse it off. But don't you ever this add a little to bit me, of rum in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a guy on the beach. There's a guy on the beach that'll do that. And I asked him because he, he has a little, you know, just a table set up with some coconuts. And then I said, oh, yeah, yeah, con rum, con rum. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, he just needed some lime. He didn't have the lime thing. He just had the rum and the coconut. You need that <laughs> citrus to balance it all out. But I still got it anyway. It was still really good. You know, he pours in. You're like, a little more. Just a, just a little more. And he's like, oh, you want more? You know, that's more rum in there. Very, very tasty. But also, if you don't put rum in there, good hangover cure if you had too many of those cervezas. Yeah. So the go. next day, and what do they call this is full of electrolytes. Which ones? What do you call they that call again? That a... The PIPA. The PIPA. 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 When I see you at SEMA next year, Jeff, or this year, I'll be like, hey, Jeff, PIPA. It scared me. It's cured me it... from having too many drinks the night before because it's full of electrolytes. Yeah, like, you know, you're a connoisseur of drinks because you do that. You've done that podcast yeah. with Brad Fancha, and I can't remember his other partner. Uh, but you, you with were Dave doing Merrick, that. yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, they they pulled me in because I owned an event company specifically focusing on fresh cocktails for eight years. I started the company. I ran yeah. it for eight years. I realized I don't want to be on call worrying about people's glassware and people's cocktails anymore. And I sold my <laughs> half of it and moved on with my life. But I, I, I am a drink connoisseur, absolutely. And I love just fresh ingredients. To me, the quality of the ingredients, whether you're making cocktails or whether you're cooking, is what makes your food good. Yeah, you got to know how to put them together. Yeah. But if you start with crappy ingredients, it's not going to be that good. So it's, it's right, all about right. quality to me. So having a fresh people that isn't even open and you can just stick the straw in, forget that bottled coconut water you know this is yeah. this is the real deal that's mm -hmm. pretty See, cool like she's a drink connoisseur i'm a common sewer common sewer <laughs> okay see what i did there yeah. i don't think right. we got that fully <laughs> <laughs> are you still doing that show with those guys or
No, no. I, you know, yeah. it was very hard for me traveling um, to kind of meet up with right. them when I needed to. And a part of our part of our podcast, we would go different places and try things. And then, you know, right. I, I like to come to Costa Rica where I am for a couple months a year. Um, just kind of, you know, I, I work from here. People are like, oh, you're on perpetual vacation. No, I actually have to work from here. Like right now, I'm working on editing those next two YouTube episodes that I'm doing. And yeah. and luckily, there is some Wi-Fi, so I can Skype in with you guys. So but you Jeff, edit those on your look. own? No, but oh. I'm working with an editor, and we have to look at them, okay. and I have to write the VO. I write everything, and I'm picking out clips and all of that stuff. I'm very heavily involved in what I want the story to be. So I'm I'm the producer and writing all the stories. So. Yeah, I'm heavily involved in making sure it comes out with my voice since I'm the person doing it. Um, so yeah. yeah, so it's I'm working from here, but it's nicer than working from some other places. So yeah, yeah so I come for here sure. for a couple months a year as long as I can and just kind of when I need to come back, when my Bronco's ready, I'll be back. <laughs> well, well, that's what Jeff Jeff asked me. Is she still in Costa Rica? I'm like, I have no idea, but she just posted from Costa Rica, so. You must be there, yeah. but I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and every time you post, it, it seems like you're there. You're always posting uh, from there, so. There's better pictures here. Oh yeah, <laughs> nice, nice. Is a You know, I've never been there. Um, obviously, what's the? Is there a car scene out there? Um, you know, the car scene is very minimal here. Um, your car will rust. It's kind, you know, it's very. The mm. humidity is about ninety percent. And is it more so, of a moped scene? Yeah, it's more of a moto yeah. scene. More of a moto. Motorcycles are what what are driven here. Majority people do have vehicles. There are some old Toyotas um, that are really cool that oh, people yeah. have restored here. Um, but as far as like American cars, no, there aren't. Yeah. Like I said that doesn't exist here. So if if there's any old vehicles going around, it's like cool '70s Toyota Land Cruisers and things like that. Um, but but as far as like a car scene or car clubs or anything. No, I got to start one here. But first I got to get myself no, an old Toyota and then I'll start one here. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's what, what's really funny about that is, uh, you know, I run a website that advertises car shows and these guys from Malaysia wrote, uh, kept reaching out to me and they're like, can you put our flyer on your website? Because they thought it'd be kind of cool being an American website. So I did it for them. And I got all these people coming from their country looking at it. And then I see pictures from the show. It's all 55 Chevys, 57 that's, Chevys, the whole room. I'm like, wow. You know, they got all these American cars. There. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, it just depends on kind of the history of the country and what vehicles were, were, you know, were imported from where. And that's what yeah. they have, you know. I and so every, every country is kind of different. Yeah, and what they have. People are like, are you bring your Mustang there? I'm like, are you kidding? First of all, it's a very, very expensive to import your vehicle here so most people unless you have buku bucks you are not bringing your vehicle the tax on importing your vehicle they don't tax you on what it's worth now they tax you on like what it was new and I, oh. it's just like so whatever you're bringing in you're paying like a 50 whatever i don't even know what it is it changes but you're paying an exorbitant tax on what it was new and then your vehicle became 20 years old no that's it's going to cost you more than it's worth to bring it over here so i people think mine just was buy 1500 it. new so I would, i'd be okay You'd yeah, be okay. Right, yeah. You'd be okay. Yeah. It would destroy it here, Jeff. Though. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're, I mean, I know you drove on the beach. You're like me. We take risks. I drove mine on the beach, but then you rinsed it off afterwards, got all the salt and sand off. I mean, here, you're just inundated with that salt water. I mean, when I was in Port Aransas, I saw the chrome on my vehicle, and I was only there like a month or two. The chrome all around on my on my mirrors and stuff just started to like get that 
crusty, uh, salty yeah. deterioration on it. I'm like, oh my God, I got to get out of here. <laughs> it yeah. took me nine months to get, I, like an idiot, I drive out to the Bonneville Salt Flats and I had never been there before and it's cool as can be. So I'm out there cruising and I come across this photo shoot and I stopped and they all sur stopped their photo shoot, surrounded the car. We can't believe you drove it out here. Isn't it going to rust? Wait, what? I had no idea. <laughs> no. I had on the bottom of my flip-flops, I had two inches of salt. It was caked underneath the car. It took me nine months to get, I had to take the headlights out to get all the, from underneath the fenders. It was, That's yeah, some serious, uh, yeah, that's a whole, whole nother level of salt out dang. there. Yeah, like, cause that, right. that, that's dried up and it's just, I mean, that's, it's, it's I'm scary. I'm an idiot, but, but I, mean, I, I would do fun. it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you had fun. It's about the adventure. I mean, you can keep your car pristine in the garage like lots of people do. What's the fun in that though? I want to drive exactly. it. I mean, you know, that's the fun. And that's, you know, a lot of people are like, you're crazy. You're driving your car across the country. I'm like, what else is it for? You know, luckily the guy I bought it from kept it in the garage. So it was ready for me to drive it. <laughs> exactly. That's why you guys are so similar. You guys are so similar. That's the funny thing because you both drive all over the country. I'm kind of stuck here in Minnesota, you know. You so can do whatever you want, Mike. You're not well, stuck. I got a seven-year-old, so, you know, he's going to school, stuff like that. So I can't get out. Weekends, weekend trips, <laughs> yeah. you can get out wherever you want. It's all a state of mind. This is, this is what I've right. learned. It's all a state of mind. You know, you can, you can do whatever you want to do. So. See, after <laughs> we went to That's... SEMA, I, I thought it would be a great idea. I've got a Chevy. You've got a Ford. Boy, girl, I've, you've got Fitech fuel injection. I've got Holly fuel injection. You've got yeah. the poop. <laughs> I've got the wagon. It's like, what the hell? Drive them all over. We'll get stories to tell. There yeah, you get, it's all about the stories at the end of the day in life, I believe. You know, what's what's life worth living if you don't have stories to share with other people and who can relate and, and get joy out of those? I mean, that's really what it's all about. And for people like you, Mike, who might not be able to go right now because you do have a seven-year-old, you get to live vicariously through Jeff and I who have all these, like, cool stories. Well, You're that's like, what okay, I do. When he's grown up, I'm going out there. <laughs> Jeff has got the most amazing pictures of his car. He just yeah, takes absolutely. it everywhere, and he's got some – I'm like, wow, wow. Who's taking yeah, those labor. pictures, Jeff? Are you Jeff taking is. those pictures? Yeah, that's you, me. You're a better photographer than me. I'm telling you right now. Uh... <laughs> I think they're, I agree with you. They're fantastic pictures. And over the years, I've watched your photos get better and better, which is fun. But right. that's, that's the thing of anything. You know, you start out, you just have to be willing to put stuff out there in the beginning. And then you realize, hey, yeah, it's okay right now. But if I keep doing it, I'm going to get better. And I think that's anything in life. You know, whatever, whatever you're doing, you got to start somewhere and then you get yeah. better and better. And you're like, wow, I see progress just from continuing on with this. Well, it's kind of funny what Mike had said earlier. We don't know if you're in Colorado or L.A. or, or if you're in Costa Rica. The pictures that I post, I mean, friends of mine, I thought I, I thought you were here. I didn't know you were out there in Utah. It's like yeah. that's an old picture. Well, where are you now? It's like, <laughs> doesn't matter. I just nobody knows yeah. where I am because of all my stupid pictures. So, well, I that's know, it's so funny. I don't even know where no Jeff is half the time. So he's like, well, tell me what in Colorado time. And then he's traveling to Texas. I'm like, what? <laughs> he's just all yeah. over, too. So that's yeah. how you it's send me the info, the, inf the, not the, inf the invite, the invite on my calendar. And I just accept. OK, that's what I go. do. I, I like I like the invites. I'm like, OK, what time is that invite at? Is it at my OK? perfect. <laughs> that's, I said a reminder. Gives me yeah. a reminder. I can get my hair ready. And yeah, there, there, there you go. go. Your hair looks great, by the way. It looks oh, fantastic. <laughs> so what's uh, what's your next adventure? Right. Well, um, coming back at some point. <laughs> okay, yeah. 
I'm actually waiting for my Bronco. When, when I get my Bronco, I'm coming back to Colorado. And then that's when I'm going to start filming my new Bronco, me adventuring in my that's that's the next step for the Heather Storm off-road series on YouTube. That's my next step. Um, I'm excited about doing that. I have given thought of like, okay, where am I going to go in Colorado? Maybe I can get some tips for you, Jeff. Uh, we'll talk about that oh. off, off, offline, off air. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm just thinking about how I want to start adventuring in my new Bronco. And that's really the next, the next thing for me. I mean, spring's coming up and and it's going to be beautiful. I'm excited to kind of get out there and just learn, learn more things. I mean, each each adventure, I'm going to be learning new things about how I offered, how Bronco, and kind of taking it to the next level and challenging myself a little bit more. So that's the next latest and greatest. It's a great idea for a series, and it's like the autocrossers. And uh, John Borcher, the head of the, the King of the Road for the Good Guys, uh, it's like uh, there's, not, there's Linda, Linda Jacobs, uh, Karen Lee Singer, there's not a bunch of, but there's a handful of women, girls, who are out there racing now. And in a yeah. man-dominated sport and kind of uh, off-roading is sort of man-dominated. So for you to get out there and show girls, hey, you don't have to be a guy to go out here. And I'm kind of new to it. This is how I'm learning. Come along. Join the ride. You exactly. can ride shotgun with me and we'll learn together. I think it's a fantastic exactly. idea. And a, yeah. a question, are, do you, when you're going to film the new episodes, are they, do you go out solo? I mean, you and your, your, your camera guy, or, mm -hmm. I mean, do you have a follow vehicle, somebody with a winch or in a tow strap? In not case yet. You get stuck to, not yet. Okay. Not okay. yet, but I only have done the first three episodes. I haven't been in my own Bronco yet. So we'll see okay. what we end up needing to happen. You know, we could, <laughs> it could get dicey and we might realize, Hey, you know what? Just having one vehicle isn't working so well, but um, you know, I haven't actually been out there yet in my vehicle so i haven't really had the opportunity to experience that um but yeah so far in the series it's just been myself and my camera woman and we've just gone out there and you know i i like to keep things as real as possible so i have an idea of what we're gonna do like i want to see detroit and see these places but i don't really know what's gonna happen you know and i think that 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 authenticity that that's the beauty of of showing people a real inside look at, at what's really happening because this is not scripted. I don't know what's going to happen. It's just like, I meet somebody and then I'm like, Hey, well, you want to be on camera? Do you mind being in our show? You seem great. You seem like, right. you know, some things. And then <laughs> next thing you know, they're on camera telling me about stuff. And I'm like, this is great. You know, but it's really about just finding those golden moments with people and discovering it. And, and I really want to keep it authentic so that people really are what, when they're watching, discovering with me as I really am discovering what's going on. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Have you seen the new, the, the new episodes of uh, Dirty Jobs with Mike Rowe? I haven't, but he's great. I love him. He's yeah. He was great back then, and I saw an interview before the new season started. And he said just what you said. There's there's no script. It's me learning what these people do organically. And then watching the first episode, you see him walking by this uh, one of these boats, and he's got his iPhone. And it's got the, the camera guys over here shooting him with the iPhone, and then it cuts to his iPhone footage, it's completely, it's, it's him and a camera yeah. guy and they're doing it. So it's, it, and I, mean, I think same that's thing. great. I love it. I don't know. I think that's I what people want to see. I don't know if you know this, Jeff, but my buddy Ed Golden's done a few things with them. Done a few oh, really? uh, I uh, love shows. With, he's, yeah, yeah. he's got the voice. Yeah. And he's yeah. so dry. He's so funny. Yeah. yeah my buddy Ed is great. staying with me at SEMA this year. He's in my hotel room because I, I know he always does it every year. Like I'm not going to go, you know, because of COVID and all that. Then he starts seeing all the pictures and everything, and he's like, 
hey, you still at SEMA? Can you get me in? I'm like, well, I can't get you in, but someone could. And I, you know all these people. And then I got an extra bed because I knew, I just had this feeling that he changed his mind. And here he came, comes from New York and uh, hangs out with me for the rest of the week. So that's why I walked for three days and took pictures, 8 million square feet. Did that in three days because I knew once he came, you know, everything changes. Is that how big it is? <laughs> Eight million square feet? That's what they're saying now with the new building. So, it, wow. yeah, I walked so I mean, much I, knew, I was yeah. almost passing out. And, I mean, and, I knew my feet hurt, but I didn't know I didn't know it was that big. <laughs> yeah, with that building. Oh, man, it was yeah, a lot well, of walking. I know this year, this year at SEMA, you're going to be out shopping for all of your Bronco gear. Yeah, right. you're like, ooh, this looks great. And you'll see me in a different section this year. I'll be, I'll be in the off-road section going, ooh, look at this. Should I put these tires on my vehicle? What are we going to do here? No, but I don't thing. want the Mustang to go away, though. I, I do still have plans. Um, I have I have like a, I have to do some things to my Mustang to get her back on the road, though, because um, last – there, I, there's a, there's a hole I think in my exhaust, either in my header, headers or something, and I, I'm okay. smelling a lot of fumes. Um, mm. I also, I had a leak when I, when I, I have her in storage right now, but last year when I pulled out of storage, oh. there was, yeah, yeah, that's good. And she yeah, it's like all good. Girl, come on. Yeah, um, it's good. So yeah, so we, um, when I pulled her out of storage, I noticed that like there, right under the engine, there was like a mixture of transmission fluid and oil kind of a little piled up and I'm like, okay, well, this isn't good. So I really think, and I haven't really done anything today. I haven't really gotten in there. I haven't gone in there with anybody. Um, so there, there's things I've done, but I kind of did some ancillary stuff like the fuel injection, the suspension, um, you know, all that sort of stuff, but, and a lot of interior work, but I haven't really gotten in there. So I think this summer um, that's going to be my next project. And then hopefully I can do another cruise with the Mustang. But I, I want to take care of some issues before before I just get on the road again because I don't want some big things to happen. Little things happening on the road, that's okay. You know, big things not, happening, it's not as good. That's <laughs> so good, yeah. I, I know with all yeah. the delays, I don't know, like, is Ford updating you on the Bronco? Are you getting updates from the company? or Minimal how is updates. That going? Yeah. Minimal updates. It's in production. Yeah. I'm so sure there's a lot of people waiting, a lot of people waiting. But mm -hmm. I, I had a guy I was waiting for his new Corvette, and I, I ran into him at a car show this last summer, and they said it's going to be a ways out. And then literally saw that weekend, and then, like, Tuesday, your Corvette's done. <laughs> and he had said he'd been I, I, waiting I, forever, you know. So come on, Ford. Get her Ford done. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, I think it would be hard for them to give too many um, – promises yeah. with exact dates and stuff. And I understand that. And, you know, I've kind of embraced um, the lessons here in Costa Rica, which is like, it'll happen when it happens, you know, here you want right. things to happen there. It, it happens when it happens, you can't rush things. And so right. I just, at first I'm like, when am I getting this? When did they get it? I got, I got it. And then I'm like, you know what? I don't know. It'll be a surprise whenever I do, then I'll be excited and we'll move on from there until then I'll just do what I need to do. And I'll sit here in Costa Rica at the beach, enjoy life. And when I get my Bronco, I'll come back and make some things happen. So, yeah, I don't know, and I've kind of given oh. up trying to know. <laughs> now, now, were you going to do some appearances at car shows this year? Or I, I don't know if that was that last year or this year, if you're doing Last something. year, I did a ton of a car show. Last year, you were in Clovis, New Mexico. Who goes I to know. Clovis? It was pretty fun, I got to say. Oh, I love I Clovis. Say. It's such a – there's it so, many, so much cool buildings. It was really fun, and Steve Darnell, he was a guest there, if you guys know him um, yep. from his show. 
Um, and it, you know, we had met a couple times in Vegas. And so when I saw him, I'm like, Oh, Hey. And so we took his big, his big truck that he has bump ass, I think is what he calls it. And I um, yeah. rode down and, and cruised in that vehicle with his music bump. But I mean, that thing gets so much, I mean, it was the baddest thing in the whole movie. So, like we just cruised <laughs> up and down that thing. It's like a hundred degrees and like waving at everybody. And it was really, really fun. It was, it was, it was such a good crowd. I mean, I do a lot of car shows. I actually don't have any scheduled yet for this year. Um, okay. I think people have been tentative, even last year, too. They're like, right. it might happen, it might not. Da, da, da. I have a couple inquiries out there. I'll put them on my website um, once they're fully locked in. Um, but right. I've also been hesitant of like, okay, what's happening this year? Last time I kind of overcommitted myself. There's my website. Website, um, Overcommitted myself. When you live two and a half hours from the airport, and you're um, flying like three times a month, you realize that uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> you're really far. <laughs> Two and a half hours, yeah. you used to be 20 minutes from the airport. I was seven down in uh, Hermosa, and you were what, 20 or 30 in, in West yeah, LA? Yeah, 20 so or 30 like... minutes, it was easy, it was easy. So when you're oh. that far, everything's scheduled around there, and like going to a car show is not necessarily a day anymore. It takes a whole day to go to the airport right. and fly out. And then you're there the whole day and a whole day. It's like a three day excursion. So yep. I've been trying to be um, cognizant of that this year and realize like, all right, I need to kind of really plan this accordingly. And, and so we'll see what comes up, but I, I love doing the car shows because yeah. I love getting out there and meeting the community and everyone's right. a little bit different, but it's just, it's the same good energy. And that's what I love about it. It's the right. same good energy. Last time it wasn't in Clovis, but I was in uh, Lathrop. If that's how you say it, I'm not sure. People can certainly butcher me. <laughs> Lathrop, <laughs> right? But um, I met these guys there, and they were working the event. And they're like, Heather, you gotta go have beers with us afterwards. We're gonna go to this bar. You gotta go there. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, we'll see. It's it was so hot too, so hot there. And I was running around. I mean, you know, Jeff, once you're at the car shows, I mean, I show up at like 9 a.m. I don't start signing right away, but then after that, I go around and I walk around. And I meet everybody at the show after my two-hour signature. I go see all the cars, take pictures of them, and then post them on my website and social media so people can see what the car show was all about. It's exhausting. Right. Like it's it's yeah. hot and it's exhausting. And so I'm like, I'll see you guys. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? It'll be really. Uh, we might have lost oh, geez, her for a there? second. <laughs> Everything's been going so good. About, you know, there you go. Legit. There you go. I look. I, I looked it up though. It was legit. And then I I see this this truck come right before I turn down the road to go to it's about 100 feet to the bar, and they stop, turn around because it was them. They were waiting for me, and then they left because I thought I wasn't coming. <laughs> and then I showed up, and they're like, "You made it!" And so we hung out for like an hour. It was on this beautiful lagoon. This bar it was just just a kind of a dive bar perfect for a hot afternoon it was sunset it was so pretty and we just sat there and talked about just you know whatever and just had a great time yeah. and it was so nice to just you know sit down enjoy a nice cold beer after all day and just get to know some people it was great so i i enjoy it a lot and that's you know that's the car community in a in a whole i mean that's what i like about it too people are so friendly uh people that seem friendly i mean i don't that's the main one I go to every year, but I go, you know, we have back to the fifties here in Minnesota, which is about 12,000 street rods and Jeff, you need yeah. to get out here sometime. You know, we have that every year and it's, it's an awesome show. Um, it, but just seeing the people, especially after COVID that's, uh, you know, people were so they were, they canceled back to the fifties last year. And then a week later is back on and all, you oh, know, they get a hundred. 
Um, I'm about uh, three and a half hours. Oh, that's I know. Fun. Yeah, I'll be at the Des Moines, the Good Guys Des Moines I just learned yesterday from Tim. Yeah. When is that? I'm, during our uh, podcast, right? <laughs> Jul- yeah, during Jul- yesterday's podcast I learned. Um, yeah. July? It, it, it's July, uh, I want to like say, that. I don't know if I'd have to look again, 3rd or 4th or somewhere around the 4th of July. But the problem is I usually work on that weekend. So I was like, man, I got to get down there. <laughs> well, for you That's guys at home who want to follow Heather without uh, getting arrested and, and, and stalking her, Heather Storm <laughs> on Facebook, Heather Storm LA on Instagram, 101,000 followers. You're very popular. Yeah. Uh, Heather Storm TV on YouTube, not Heather S. Heather yeah. Storm TV, right? Yes, yes. And then Heather website, HeatherStorm.com. Yep, Facebook, yeah. Heather Storm TV, and Twitter for those people that are on there. I do have fans on Twitter. I know it's lesser used, but Heather Storm TV. Sometimes I'll just post stuff Dude. on Twitter that I don't post on the rest of it just to kind of see if, you know, just kind of put it out there. <laughs> You've got fans everywhere. After SEMA, I drove up to uh, uh, Pleasanton and got, there was one guy, you yeah, right, you know, I, I know I sent you the video of, of Bruce. He, he owns that Oh, yeah, book. yeah. So anyways, yeah. yeah, thank you so much for, for taking the time. Yeah. I look forward to seeing awesome. you in the new Bronco. You're welcome back anytime on Car Show Nationals. Enjoy Costa Rica. Costa Rica thank you, guys. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. It's not an island. Tra- it's not an island, just so you know. Just people, people confuse Puerto Rico with Costa Rica. Costa Rica is in Central mm-hmm. America, not an island. Nice. Oh. Well, I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad we were able Glad we were able to do this since I've been trying to do it since 2017 when your publicist reached <laughs> out to me. And and Heather changed everything for me because I had an iPad back then and she they wanted me to interview her. And I'm like, I just have an iPad. So I went and bought a nice camera. And the next Ooh. thing you know, Discovery, Discovery contacts me and says, do you want to do a podcast? And I'd actually not done a podcast yet. That's how it all came we, together. Right? So that's right. how it all came together. So happy to chat so, with you guys today. Thanks are. for having me. Thank you. Yeah, so awesome having you on, and thank you for being on and making it work too with your your internet. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll talk to you guys later. Take care. Yeah. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye.